previously on Dream Realm. Welcome to the Dark Realm Gala, my friends, clients, and soon to be both clients and friends. King began. I want to keep tonight simple, filled with fun, and filled with time for some of you to pursue other things. It's time to end the Dark Realm, Jordan cried out to the room. Tonight will be the last day of its existence. And we've already copied the names and emails of everyone who is here tonight. From there, getting your identity is easy. And from there, what's easier is pushing that information out to the entire world. But what Elias and I are going to do, that's real. Well, this event is over, King snarled. You're listening to episode 17, the audiobook slash podcast project, Dream Realm. Voiced, written, and produced by me, Matt Rebar. Part 6, Chapter 11. Part 6, Chapter 11. The following five weekdays were a blur for both Jordan and Elias, who continued working their full-time jobs while replying, interviewing, and handling the inquiry from tens of people. Both experienced their 15 minutes of fame as the varieties of interviews and the press conference they held within the Cardonia Police Department made its way through news circuits. Stories upon stories evolved from the case, the original reports and documents, as well as the public branding of those involved. Some of those within the room included rather powerful individuals, all branded as rapists and child rapists, and immediately removed from the majority of their positions. On top of that, those who were too powerful to be removed suffered massive strikes against their companies, personalities, and affiliates, and soon they would retire into the world, with many people labeling them with disgust. The true identities of King, Magenta, Marspan, and Toe came forward as well. Sadly, Lights was not properly identified as he was not filmed nor caught with the evidence and put into the system. King, a real name, Michael Lee Roberts, was a Londonite entrepreneur with ownership in bars, venues, and products. Michael Lee Roberts' brands suffered, and many people cut off his ties, buying off his shares of the companies he was a part of. He ended up becoming rich, yet with no projects to his name. Magenta and Marzipan, Susie Harris and Marcus Boss, were both hackers and independent technology freelancers. Both Harris and Boston suffered too much, as both were seen within the greater hacking community as leaders who could do amazing things with their skill sets. Toe turned out to be Charles Irwin of New York, who was a bartender for a sleazy strip club. Charles Irwin wasn't fired from that job, although one of the missing links was exactly how he was part of the executive team for the Dark Realm. Dream Realm immediately responded later that Monday afternoon, explaining that they had suspended the accounts for all those involved as they went through with their own official investigation. Tuesday morning, when all of the news markets in America and worldwide were really in a heavy pace, Dream Realm announced that they had expunged the members permanently from the system and had already been working on patches to address the system. Tough codes were going to be made tougher and stronger. All the mods which the Dark Realm created to last permanently were going to be recreated into different positions. Those who had been affected by the Dark Realm were now treated like humans, more so than any other mods previously in the Dream Realm. Jordan and Elias both bought security systems for their protectionless houses and were given police watch for a few days by Chief Rocco's suggestion. Rocco, Captain Montgomery, and DA Chris Glaston were very happy with Elias and Jordan's success. On Tuesday, Elias and Jordan met with the mayor of Cardonia for another interview and press conference, while on Wednesday, the two had a video conference with the governor of California who wanted to make legislation regarding actions within the Dream Realm which could be turned into true law. He wanted Jordan to be a part of the team who would draft the legislation and explain his office would get in touch with her in the next week regarding the legislation. More articles poured out covering all sorts of topics. 
Some social analytics related back to the earlier days of Snapchat's use of location features, other applications which had gone overboard, whether of the companies or of the users. Some talked about the importance of the problems with reality and fantasy of the day, as well as the misapplication of reality and fantasy. What perhaps was most illuminating were indeed the reviews and the names of those involved, noting that a vast majority were middle rich and rich men with affluence. All in all, this led up to Friday, and by then the news cycle had moved on to other major international stories. The story about Dream Realm was still large, although it was impossible for a story to stay dominant in this day and age. The members of the New Leaves were rather happy following all the news, coverage, and action which Dream Realm took to make sure the atrocities never happened again. Charisse Bethine and some of the members present on Friday morning in the Dream Realm personally thanked Jordan and Elias. There were tears, some declarations of moving on, as well as continued activism. Many of the members wanted to continue the support group and immediately opened their support group to the mods who were all affected by the Dark Realm, while continuing to find others who had been previously been affected by the Dark Realm as well. Friday was also a special day because late tonight, the entire Department of Prosecutors and some of the other government employees were invited over to January Fisher's house for a celebration for both Elias and Jordan. Jordan and Elias were the kind of people who didn't want a party thrown after them, but January was the kind of person who didn't take to know. So late on Friday night, Jordan was getting ready within her duplex, her phone charging and playing music simultaneously. She looked at the cute little cocktail dress she was wearing, ironically, at disposition with the six-pack she had in the fridge. Jordan was working on her hair now, with a light amount of makeup. She was dressing a little bit more fancy than she normally did, but it was all for a party. She was scrolling on social media real quick and came across a photo of her ex-boyfriend, Hiram Yesik. Interestingly enough, he was looking rather happy with a girl besides him. The caption was something cheesy, a caption that Jordan would gag at if Hiram decided to use it with her involved, but Hiram looked happy, and his girlfriend, or who she assumed was a girlfriend, looked happy, and even Jordan felt happy. She wondered if that would be available to her, the cheesy comments, the happiness of just smiling and being with someone. With a deep breath, she decided it was time to regain some sense of social life, and so she left her duplex for the party, although she did leave with a smile on her face. Chapter 12 January Fisher's house was in the middle of young millennial suburbia, the kind of place where blocks were always full of small parties and where there weren't really complaints unless things went past 3.30 in the morning. January's house was stone, brick, and glass, done up in the last couple decades with a large growth spurt of Cardonia. After all, Cardonia was the coastal California city without the hassle and the prices of LA, San Diego, and San Francisco. Jordan walked into the house and was immediately sworn by all of her colleagues. One by one, Jordan talked with her colleagues. All of them congratulated her, had a couple questions among them, such as Secretary St. Teresa Jones Maynard. I thought you looked so pretty on the news. You could totally be a television lawyer. Cornell, Judge Wendy Billingham, who, and even Judge Patrick Fong, who'd come over for a drink. Lynn was there, already a little tipsy, and hung on to Jordan for most of the night as Jordan had a couple Coronas from her six-pack. So this is like over, right? Lynn questioned, sipping on her bottle of wine. It seems like it's all over. I mean, but do you think it is? The Dark Realm got shut down. Everyone involved got banned from the server and publicly shamed. People are talking about the issues. The governor of California wants to write up some law to protect future people. I mean, it's not over, but it's pretty done. Damn, I'm so glad you came to Cardonia. Without you, Jordan, that case wouldn't have gotten solved. No, I think Elias could have handled it. Shh, take the compliment. Lynn smiled with a twisted grin. Any guys here that you're interested in, Jordan? Sadly, no. Are you sure? I think so. Damn, I wasn't sure if you were sure, though. Gosh, you're so drunk. Jordan chuckled as she sipped on her Corona. So what? I barely get out of the house. I'm just allowed to have, like, one night of fun. A few minutes later, Lynn got caught up in a conversation with Judge Wendy Billingsham, and so Jordan walked in the kitchen where Elias was, surrounded by some of his detective and police buddies. 
Elias separated himself a bit, and the two talked in secret by the sink. No doubt the detectives and police buddies ogled the two of them together, probably trying to put some kind of romantic level between two friends. This party is kind of nice, Jordan smiled. There's a lot of drunk colleagues here who I would never expect to see drunk at a party like this. Gotta thank January. She's the one making it happen. Where, where, Where is she? I didn't even see her, and I've been here for like a half hour. She's on the back porch with some of the other prosecutors. She's a bit drunk herself. Jordan and Elias talked a bit more, knowing that eventually they'd be pulled away from each other. So, are you going to look into writing the law with the governor's team? Elias questioned. Or were you just nodding for show? Of course I'm interested. I just wonder what could actually become law. As much as I believe it should become law, and why it should become law, that doesn't mean it will become law. I'm sure the governor is assessing the likelihood of the law being passed right now. If he doesn't think it will go through, then I might not hear from him. I think you will. He might want you in his office. <laughs> I do not want to move to Sacramento, and I know you don't either. <laughs> You're right. I wouldn't take a job in the capital. I like the ocean too much. Elias and Jordan talked lightheartedly for a few minutes, both mentioning the nice decor of January Fisher's house, as well as some of the upcoming investigations and cases on their docket. But finally, Jordan walked outside the back porch to find January Fisher leading some prosecutors in a discussion. So she turns to judge and goes, Well, I didn't know that the muffins were lemon poppy seed until after I had the whole muffin. I didn't have opiates, I just ate a muffin. And Judge Williams goes, Well, why did you not notice the muffin had lemon poppy seed in it until after you ate the whole thing? And so then she goes, January burst into a quick fit of laughter before finishing. <laughs> well, the reason I didn't notice it, because, <laughs> because, Jordan laughed again, <laughs> there was a really good lemon glaze over the poppy seed muffin. The prosecutors laughed and January chuckled some more while Jordan joined the group. So what happened next? Donnie asked. Well, she didn't believe it, called her out for her excuse and sentenced her to a whole weekend in jail. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. I mean, I didn't feel bad. This lady violated her parole. Oh, is that Jordan I see? A drunk January leaned over and hugged Jordan, who had sat down next to her. How are you? January asked, her breath smelling like tequila. I I'm good. I just realized I've been here forever and I hadn't even run into you. And you're the host after all. The party is just too young to worry about not seeing people, January chuckled. Do, do you have enough to drink? Of, of course, I have like three Coronas left after this one. That doesn't sound like enough. January pulled out her bottle of tequila. Take a swig. Jesus, a shot of tequila? I already mixed a shit ton of lime juice and sugar with it. It's totally ready for a swig. I don't know. Come on, Jordan, we are celebrating you after all. The celebratory girl deserves at least a shot. Jordan looked at the booze inside, taking a long swig. Three hours later, it was the following morning now, they were still laughing in the back patio. Different people had come and gone, Elias and Lynn making appearances before Elias and some of the boys went up front to smoke weed while Lynn temporarily passed out on the chair in the upstairs guest room. It was getting rather late and Jordan's previously drunk body was heading into tipsy territory now. The Coronas were slowly leaving her bloodstream and Jordan was feeling ready to call it a night anyway. She checked her phone to see that it was almost two in the morning, way past her normal bedtime. She was excited about going home and sleeping with no alarm to wake her up in the morning. Come with me to the bathroom, January smiled, sitting up and grabbing Jordan's hand as the two walked into the house and up the stairs. Chapter 13 Are you that drunk where you need help up the stairs? Jordan laughed, following the stumbling January upstairs in the staircase. The party had dwindled down to perhaps 20 at best. Only the real diehard drinkers and partiers were present, most of them sobering up so that they could head home. No, I just like it when I do a bathroom trip with friends, you know, like a field trip. Jesus, you are so drunk. Probably because I don't have to drive and my bed's like 10 feet away from me at all times. Jordan chuckled as January went inside the bathroom and closed the door. 
Jordan checked her phone, which was empty with notifications. She toyed once again with downloading an online dating app, but second-guessed it. Instead, Jordan put the phone away and let out a rather large sigh. What's on your mind? January asked. She did not stumble over her words, but chose them carefully. Nothing. I can hear that large sigh from here. You can just tell me what you're thinking. I just checked my phone like people are texting me, but they're not. You don't want people to text you? No, not really. I mean, it's more so the idea of people wanting to text me. So wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> so you want to appear as popular without the work of being popular. Is that is that the thing? You make me sound so vain, January. I, I think it's less vain, but human needs and desires. I mean, don't we all want a little attention? January cried out, flushing the toilet and turning to the sink. So I think what you're feeling is pretty normal. I guess. I just hate the neediness. And there's no one you have to fulfill the neediness? Of course not. The door to the bathroom opened up and the crimson-haired beauty walked out. She and Jordan were close now. They could each feel breath coming from the other. You can always just supplement the loneliness. Not replace it completely, nor really fill it, but you can make it feel not as much as an issue. She leaned in, as did Jordan. The two kissed, a brief moment where they mixed into one another. Neither had had this kind of contact in a while, specifically Jordan, whose relationship was as best described as a dream realm friends with benefits situation. But while the kiss was great, Jordan could not help but wish that a different person was on the other side of her lips. The two pulled back from each other and blinked slightly. I have to go, Jordan whispered. I, well, I need to see. I get it, January nodded, appearing nervous, which was a rare emotion for her. Thank you so much for this party. I had an amazing time, Jordan said honestly. Well, we'll have to have more of these parties, won't we? Both girls went downstairs, and while January returned to the back porch, Jordan walked through the house towards the front. Lynn was still sleeping and would be okay. Jordan opened the front door to the house and stepped onto the patio. Jordan was about to walk down the steps into her car when she was interrupted by Elias DeAngelis. Are you okay? Elias questioned, with a side eye and a bit of confusion. Yeah, I just gotta go do some work. Work? On a Friday night? I consider Isaac work, you know, because it's certainly not pleasure. <laughs> Elias smiled, walking over and hugging Jordan. I totally understand. Get home safe. We'll talk tomorrow. He let go. The momentary comfort over for now. So she turned, walked off the porch and down the driveway to her car. The key hit the engine. The music flared up softly and she drove out of the suburbs and back to her duplex. She took a little bit of a longer route back, driving past the beach. It was practically empty except for some of the late night boardwalk hotspots, but the Pacific Ocean didn't stop its creeping tides just because no humans were watching. Jordan contemplated a beach day, wondering if that could happen soon. Of course it could. She deserved it. Jordan parked the car in her driveway, entered her house, deactivated the security, only to activate the security code again. Jordan walked upstairs to her room, kicked off the high heels, and took off the cocktail dress. There was a small television in her room, and she turned it on, wondering how long it would take for her to get to sleep. With just casual sleeping shorts and a tank on, Jordan placed the dream mask around her head and laid down in bed. The news became darkness, which quickly became the West Coast 1970s edition. Jordan walked into yesterday's, the neon logo standing out on the cobblestone street outside where thousands upon thousands of people milled as they bar hopped with friends, family, lovers, and strangers. Within her dream today, Jordan was dressed in a gorgeous blue dress which showed off her features. Her hair was done up in a bun with a twist of hair in front of her. She was rather ravishing, perhaps a little overprepared for her date with Isaac. Jordan walked up to the bar and immediately spotted bartender Joshua. Is he here? Jordan questioned, to which Joshua had pointed down the long bar. He's down there, Joshua smiled, perhaps knowing what was coming next. Immediately, Jordan moved down to the bar. She zoned in upon her prey. 
I was worried I wasn't going to find you. Jordan sighed, sitting down next to him while Joshua the bartender prepared her usual drink. Isaac Cora laughed and turned to her, his anger of late subdued. It's been a while, Jordan. Not as long as some of our other breaks, but damn, did it feel that long. Chapter 14 I finished my case, Jordan sighed. So that's all wrapped up, I suppose. Besides the part of the course where I might get to write legislation at the state level. That's fucking wicked. You did good, babe. Isaac smiled, raising a glass to her honor. Tell me all about it. And so she did. Connecting the murders to Liam Schumer and how he had mentioned he was part of something bigger. Finding out about the New Leaves, the discovery of the Dark Realm with their executive members and locations, the attack which Jordan experienced in real life, the gala, and their plan which ended up working. It was a rather long recap, but the first time all week where Jordan didn't mind telling the details. She relished in seeing Isaac's face light up with emotion and how he asked questions and generally paid attention. The bar around them changed with the flux of people, some of which came for a second before changing their time period or going off to play video games or check out other rooms. All sorts of people were within the small bar of yesterday, but there was still room for both Isaac and Jordan to thankfully breathe. Joshua, the bartender, continued to work with the dreamers while providing Jordan with the occasional smile. That's a hell of a story, Isaac smiled three drinks later. Both of them felt a bit tipsy, but they weren't acting like the typical tipsy individual. Both were trying to appear sober, even though their toothy grins and flushed faces indicated they were imbibing booze. It's one for the ages, Jordan agreed. Send me more of a creamy amaretto drink. So how's Portland? Same old, same old. Think about doing something different with my life, but I don't have any idea what that could be. You want to change your career path? I think about that shit all the time. I'd rather be owning a small business than contributing to a large business. You know, rather own and manage a bed and breakfast or a bar or, I don't know, cafe, anything really. You don't feel that way sometimes? I'm meant to be a lawyer. <laughs> I think that's rather clear, Isaac chuckled. I mean, after the story you told me, I think you might also have been meant to be a detective. Nah, Elias was the one who handled a lot of the detective parts of our little Dream Realm mission. I just handled some of the logic puzzling, the interviews, that kind of stuff. Hey, don't understand all your skills. It's hot when you admit how talented you are. <laughs> I don't know if I'm as talented as you like to think I am. Shh, Isaac joked. Just accept the compliment. I don't really do compliments. I wish I could change that about you because there are many things to compliment you about. I'm sure Elias feels the same way. <laughs> Is that your way of saying you're jealous of Elias? Because there's nothing between us. Just letting you know. I figured, but I couldn't help but be a little jealous. You're the only guy I'm talking to. Yeah? Well, you're the only girl I'm talking to. I'm glad because I like talking to you. Jordan smiled, sipping more of a drink. And I have something to say. About the Dark Realm? <laughs> no, not about the Dark Realm. Jordan laughed, shaking her head as if he was being silly. About you. About us. What do you have to say? I really appreciate how patient you've been when it comes to this. Now you've pushed, but you never shoved. Now you disagreed, but never harped. How you were honest about how you felt about everything. This last year has felt like a month and three years at the same time. You make me feel young. <laughs> you make me feel happy. God knows there's a lot about us right now that I enjoy, but I, I can't help but fear meeting you in person. I can't help but think you'll turn out to be a dream, truly a dream, or even worse, a nightmare. I've told you my hesitations, and you, you've reassured me, but it only took me till recently to realize that I, I couldn't handle it. But it, it only took for me recently to realize that I could handle this. I, I, I could handle if this is not meant to be, even though I want it to be. The whole Dark Realm shit was just 
it was just a bit eye-opening. Meeting so many mods who had no control over their life, who lived some kind of half-life. It opened me to people on this earth who will do anything for their twisted desires. So what's stopping me from having an entire life? I deserve that. A life. And if people are able to freely live their insane desires and not feel bad about it, then why should I feel bad living at my own normal wants from life? And that means accepting the things that might not work out and that I can't let myself down or fail others because I think I'm some time bomb or rotting flesh. And <sighs> I'm just, I'm going on a tangent. Jordan looked at Isaac Cora and took a deep breath, her heart bouncing, her stomach free falling like a roller coaster ride. Jordan felt like she was back in fourth grade, ready to admit a crush, her rib cage bursting to hold everything in. I want to see you. Jordan's voice broke a little bit, the smile forming on her face, confirming that the former was a good thing. She could see his face slowly beam. I want to meet you in the real world. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts and work done by me, Matt Rebar, check out my website at www.mattrebar.com. Tweet or Instagram me at Reebstar, H-R-I-B-S-T-A-R. And if you missed it, all 10 episodes of season one, Unconscious, Subconscious, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Until next time, 